my name is Owen Walsh, and you're listening to the latest episode of Cabin Fever. Less a podcast than a group therapy session for writers, brewers, and friends from around the world who like to enjoy a beer together, but can't for now. There's a lot going on in the world right now, and under normal circumstances, we'd get together in the pub and thrash out our ideas over a beer or two. But we can't, because most of us now live in countries where it's impossible to go outside, never mind nip around the corner for a drink. So, we thought, we'd do it remotely. And on each episode of Cabin Fever, I'll be joined by friends from around the world to share a beer, to talk through our lives and to process what we're dealing with, and sometimes just have a bit of a moan. Listen in. I'm delighted to be joined this evening for the latest episode of Cabin Fever by Ben Keane, beer and travel writer based in Washington State in the US and former editorial director of Beer Advocate. Hi, Ben. Hello. By Adrian Tierney-Jones, editor of Original Gravity magazine, weekly beer columnist for UK Daily Star newspaper and garlanded uh, writer of many, many awards. Hi, Adrian. Hi, all right. How are you doing? And by Natalia Watson, advanced Cicerone, beer sommelier, host of the Beers with Nat podcast and author of the just published Beer, Taste the Evolution in 50 Styles. Hi, Nat. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you. So let's get started. Um, Maybe Nat, starting with you, you can tell us how you're getting on and what you're drinking. Sure. So I am getting on better this week. As you mentioned, uh, I have recently published a book, which has been super exciting. uh, But unfortunately, that was the week before last. I was due to have my book launch, several surrounding events. So I was supposed to have family in town to celebrate the launch. And all of that had to be called off. So that was the week of March 16th, um, and I uh, was definitely needing a bit of time to mourn that week uh, when everything changed. But then next, you know, the following week, so just last week now, I have kind of been trying to stay a bit more positive and figure out, you know, instead of thinking about the things that I've lost, because of course there are many more significant impacts than what happened to me, uh, try and focus on what I can do, and that is use my spare room to make YouTube videos. So that's what I'm working on now. And I am drinking Zaley, which is a 4% pale ale from Neptune Brewery in Liverpool. Great. And then commiserations, obviously, on, on, on the failure to launch. And we can get into that in a little bit. But first, I just want to check in with Ben. How are you doing, Ben? And what are you drinking? Yeah, thanks. Um, I'm also, I guess, doing as well as can be. Um, I feel like uh, just a cloud of uncertainty hangs over everything, and which is not unique to me, of course. But um, it, it just makes everything more strange, the unpredictability of it all. Um, a lot of my work is up in the air or has uh, been put on hold or sort of evaporated. Um, so I'm trying to be uh, a good husband instead and put my energy into that. <laughs> um, and uh, today I am drinking a beer called You Should Smile More, um, which is a collaboration for Pink Boots Society uh, that was brewed by quite a few of the breweries um, in a district of seattle called ballard great and adrian coming to you yeah, how are you well, doing and what are you drinking um well get the drinking out of the way first i've got a bottle of um i was actually gonna have an alcohol free day thanks no um <laughs> i've got a bottle of wild beers um what's it called no water yeah no water it's the beer that's been made with whey instead of water um it's a milk stout and they've used whey from the cheese cheese makers next to them westcombe and it's milk stout with orange uh, zest in it. It's actually all right. I thought it would be a bit bleh, but no, it's not bad. 
Um, I did see I did see the photos of of the production when they were making it, and it has to. I have to say, I I haven't seen a more unappetizing beer in a while. Yeah, God, yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, um, but I'm sure there's plenty of puns there, isn't there? With way, um, mm. and the reason I'm drinking it is because I only have two more beers left in my stash, and they're both Orvals, and I'm trying to keep them for Easter. Um, I shall be foraging tomorrow, hopefully, and I have got some beers on order. But um, yeah, I am very. I I just probably went for everything over the weekend so i'm missing the pub but you know i'm just like everyone else i have, I have my ups and downs I've recorded, yeah okay? i mean i should be sitting there and just you know just writing 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 but i was a bit bored and all my work apart from the star actually the column has sort of gone but i have got a book idea i've been working on um and you know you just i'm doing the blog i know we're going to talk about that um, yeah. I was really awful two weeks ago when I realized I couldn't go to the pub. I basically stopped going to the pub. And, you know, that's a big part of my life. And, um, I mean, it sounds like I spend all my time in the pub. But, no, I mean, it is a big part of my life. And, I thought, and the gym, the pub and the gym, when they, I realized mm. I couldn't go to them, that really got me for a couple of days. But, you know, it's like every day is a different day sort of thing. Was that sort of melancholy about not being able to go to the pub behind your decision to pick up the blog again? Yeah, well... I thought I'd better do something, um, and I was sort of like the plan was Mondays was going to be like a sort of essay. Wednesday would be a beer, my beer of the week. I was going to call it Alt Beer of the Week, but I thought oh, it sounds like Alt Right or something like that. And Friday is going to be travel stories, which is basically I'm going and you know I'm trying to where I can't go anywhere. Thank God I didn't buy my tickets for Bolzano. I was invited to judge there in, in May, and I some reason I thought no, I can't go. I can't afford it or something. Um, mm. but, I do miss. But on the other hand, one thing I did think about over the weekend, this, and I don't know what others would think about this, this sort of time gives one a chance to reset one's sort of life almost, you know, or, or one's goals in work and everything like that. You know, because like I'm always on the bloody treadmill and, you know, it's it's quite nice just to sort of read and uh, and think and just play with words and see what you can come up with, you know. Yeah, I can imagine it's going to be difficult. At least for me, it's just me and my boyfriend at home. So I do get to use the spare room and kind of, yeah, take some time to work on projects that had gone on the back burner because February and March were quite busy for me. And I liked your use of the word evaporated, Ben. That's a nice way to describe most of my work as well. <laughs> um, so I do think I have had that little bit of time. Like I, you know, was tidying through a stack of paperwork today that it all just had a home that I hadn't put it into its home. So mm. taking time to go through and do those sorts of things has been helpful. And the kitchen's very clean and the bathroom's very clean. So my mother will be very pleased. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just going to add on, I think, uh, to Adrian's point, um, you know, whether or not you are putting... Uh, more energy into work, I do think kind of strangely that this moment does or is starting to cause uh, people to, you know, kind of stop and reprioritize and think about what what matters and, and what they care about and how they can, um, you know, uh, be engaged and in, in involved more with those things, work, family, whatever it might be. I, you know, I have a family WhatsApp chat. My family's all in different places. My two brothers are in uh, California and my parents are in Northern Ireland. And for the last two Sundays, we've gotten together to do a family Google Hangout. And it's just something that's so simple. We should be keeping in touch with each other regularly anyhow. 
But yeah. because of this current situation, it's actually making us make sure that we check in and see each other as opposed to just doing it by text or me asking my mom how my brother's doing, that sort of thing. So it, it's been quite nice. And we've kept it as a standing date. So every Sunday we're going to catch up. So that's something to look forward to at least. Yeah, no, I think that's right. Yeah, um, maybe I'll round out the, the well, everybody knows how I'm doing. Um, the, all they need to do is follow my, my, my Twitter account to see... Um, <laughs> my my small uh, mental breakdown at the weekend um but i'm drinking a carp session ipa from la source which is a new brewery that opened here in brussels in october they make really interesting beers shout out to mathieu and, and nina um maybe not we can just have a quick chat then about you so you've written this book i know uh, you've been i mean the launch has been planned for so long how, how, like, when did you get the sense that, okay, it's not going to happen the way we thought it was going to happen and we're going to have to do it slightly differently? Yeah, so I, I mean, I've been working on the book for almost two years in total. It was sort of May 2018 after I finished my uh, beer sommelier certification that I was then like, okay, what's the next project? Uh, and I had this idea. I had a friend of mine, uh, her name's Jess Dennison. She's a cook up in Edinburgh and she uh, wrote her own cookbook. And I had never known sort of someone in my world to have written a book, you know, a friend or family member. And then uh, I was like, oh, wow, if Jess can do it, maybe I can do it. So I kind of had this idea and would go sit at Waterstones and Foils and flick through all the books and kind of see what my idea would be. Uh, and then I developed a proposal and sent it in around uh, July of last year, or sorry, of 2018, so a year and a half ago now. And uh, and then it got accepted and I wrote the book. And so it was this, this, you know, incredible process to be a part of, to get to, you know, contribute to the world of beer writing. So the book is called Beer Tastes the Evolution in 50 Styles, and it's essentially a taster's guide through the history of beer. But I, being a new author and not really knowing the world, um, my contract was like, do not speak about this book until the publishers speak about this book. <laughs> so I didn't tell anybody except for my family and sort of my coworkers at Duval as I was working there at the time and some close friends. So it had really been under wraps for a year and a half. And finally in January, they announced it. So I was able to start talking about it. And it was fortunately still published on March 19th. So at least the whole publication wasn't scrapped because I've already heard from a few authors that their publications are potentially being pushed back. So yep. at least the book has gotten out into the world and it is a perfect time for people to do some reading. Um, but we were due to have a big launch party at Mother Kelly's in Vauxhall on the 19th. And I had yeah. gotten loads of beers donated. And, you know, it's just super excited for people to see the book in person and for me to see their reaction. Because again, talking about it's one thing, but then people actually seeing it and seeing whether they enjoy it and whether they connect with it is something totally different. And on the Sunday beforehand, my parents called me and were like, hey, we don't want to come to London. We don't want to be in the airport. We don't want to take that risk. So I kind of, you know, things were starting to change on the Sunday. Yeah. And then on the Monday, uh, Boris made the announcement to try and avoid pubs. This wasn't him telling pubs to close until a few days later. Um, so avoid pubs, avoid social gatherings. And of course, I was planning a social gathering in a pub. So, <laughs> so on that following Tuesday, then two days before the launch, we decided to call it off. So I'm hoping that we will be able to do it again in the future. I'm I'm not sure if it will be the right thing to do. Maybe the moment will have passed. So I'll reassess that yeah. then. Um, but what I have decided to do is it's been really lovely um, having people reach out to me because, of course, I had copies to sell on the night to sign for people. So people have still been reaching out to me and I can send them a payment link via iZettle, which is quite cool, and then just sign it and drop it off at the post office. So people are mm. still getting their copies. And uh, I decided... 
you know, after the week of mourning, the week of being productive and proactive (laughs) to create a virtual book club. So I'm using, you know, Google Meets to talk to my family. So it's just going to be very casual over Google Meets. And I'm just going to plan it for half an hour because I know I don't have a very long attention span for online uh, video chats at the moment. Um, But we're just going to do a chapter a week, respecting the fact that some people are still working their nine to five. So hopefully it'll be easy for people to just read a chapter. And then I'll talk a little bit about what it was like to write it or some of the stories I found most interesting. Ask people what they'd like to contribute, what they enjoyed most out of that chapter. And then do a little Q&A sesh. And it should just be nice for people to see some familiar faces and have a beer. So I'm not very techie. I have these fears that it's not going to go to plan. But I mean, I think everyone's quite uh, patient with each other during this time with tech stuff as we're all kind of transitioning to this new way of working and connecting. Uh, yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. So I'm trying to be flexible and adaptable and get people together in a new way if it can't be in person. Maybe Adrian, I mean, you can comment on this as well, but not, like, what was it like to st- going through that sort of rolling shutdown? Because in Belgium here, it was quite abrupt. It was, um, we went from things are open, well, apart from the schools, things are open to basically Thursday evening, several weeks ago, they said, as of lunchtime tomorrow, everything is closed. I think there was an inevitability about it because it felt, you know, you're looking what's happening in Belgium and Italy and Spain and everything, and it thought, right, well, this is going to happen to us next. And fair enough, I did a talk on March the 13th, um, my last sort of paid gig at um, Winchester Beer Festival. And um, I remember thinking, you know, I'd been in Sheffield the weekend before with Pete Brown, um, where we uh, we were doing the Indie Beer Feast. And, you know, it was like, is this going to happen? And it did happen. But it's like camera shut down all their beer festivals about two days later. So I felt like the last ship out of bloody Dunkirk. Doing, mm-hmm. um, and, um, and, you know, obviously... Given that, you know, my work is, there's no money coming in. It was nice to get some money paid. But um, I, I don't know. It's a weird, it's like I look back now two weeks. I mean, I look back three weeks ago. I was in Sheffield with Pete. Yeah. And he was, mind you, I've never seen so many people wash their hands at the Indie Beer Feast in the men's loo. We were just queuing to wash our hands. So it was coming through then. And I know Pete wanted to get some sanitizer. And we were going into shop after shop, hand sanitizer, and he couldn't find any. And of course, yeah. he went on to Liverpool then for the Seba thing. And he came back not feeling 100%. So he self-isolated for two weeks, didn't he? And I think yeah. Matt caught something there as well, Matt Curtin. Mm. So, you know, I mean, it's, I don't know, it feels maybe one, I mean, I feel like I should be writing a journal, you know, journal of a plague year or something. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I Ch- channel your, channel your in, inner Samuel Pepys, you know? Yeah, yeah. It'd be great. Yeah. Well, I'll go and inspect the Navy later on. Um, but, um, but. <laughs> my ben, cousin. To, oh, go on. S- sorry, just on the journal topic. My cousin earlier this year is my Christmas gift. Got me this um, like five year journal. So you write oh. a paragraph a day, and you oh. come back to that same page for the five years. So okay. she's like, "Well, it was an interesting year to get you this journal, Nat, because <laughs> yeah. we're going to see what you know when I look back in March of next year. Hopefully, everything is on you know back to normal by then. Um, but to think what the comparison is going to be like, you know, another day at home, forget what day of the week it is, yeah, those sorts of things." Ben, I'm keen to get you in. Uh, you've been very quiet so far um, <laughs> because Washington obviously has been one of the was one of the early centers of of outbreaks there how how have things yeah. been for you and how how quickly did you feel like things escalated um well yeah we we had the first documented case i believe january 19th okay um and you know without getting uh, political i've 
I'm grateful that uh, our governor um, took swift action and um, communicated what was happening, I think, fairly well. And um, as of yesterday, the news here is saying that our efforts to, um, you know, stay at home and maintain social distancing and everything else that they're recommending um, has has slowed the spread. And it seems like we might be plateauing without being, you know, overly rosy about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I've traveled a, a lot in my life. My wife and I, that's sort of our, our hobby is international yeah. travel. Um, and, and so I follow world news and I was worried about this, you know, uh, quite early and, had been uh, talking to friends and um, yeah, I, I feel like uh, Adrian is right. It was, I sort of felt like it was inevitable and, you know, everybody in hindsight, you know, is a genius, I guess. Um, but uh, I feel like here at least um, we are managing um, and yeah. uh, it, it feels like there's a tiny sliver of optimism, I guess I might say. <laughs> well, optimism is good. I mean, I, I, I personally, in spite of everything, you know, every day uh, try to find some small bit of joy. And, um, you know, my wife and I, every evening, our little ritual is just to tell each other three things that we're grateful for. And I think, uh, you know, keeping that part of uh, yourself and your community going um, is difficult, but uh, at least in our experience, kind of necessary when you don't get a lot of, of hopefulness from the world outside of your home. I mean, and it's fine. I mean, it's a little bit strange because most of the people on this podcast, myself included, are mostly work from home types anyway, because of the nature of the business that we work in. We're mostly mm -hmm. freelance writers or communicators. I presume that's the same for you. Is it a bit strange now with both yourself and your wife being at home? It's a, an adjustment. Um, I do my work is a quiet, introspective type of work, like all of you. <laughs> and uh, she has a much more important job at a much uh, larger company. So she's, you know, 75% of the day she's in uh, meetings and on the phone and in teleconferencing. So. Uh, balancing that in a uh, four-room <laughs> flat is tricky sometimes, but you know yeah. you, you adjust to it. Um, I can't say uh, that this has been the most productive three weeks of my life, <laughs> um, but you know, uh, it's I guess you know work isn't the only thing to to think about either. And I mean, Adrian, for some unfathomable reason has left his alcohol stores run low i've never had as much beer in the house um not presumably <laughs> you're pretty well stocked like how is it affecting the breweries out there where you are ben um it's a it's a very mixed bag so the place where i bought the beer that i'm drinking today um it's called stoop brewing uh highly regarded uh here in washington uh the brewer told me last week they sold 2,432-ounce can crowlers, uh, which is more than they've ever sold in six wow. years of business. Cool. But then on the other hand, uh, another brewery in the same neighborhood 
um, is struggling massively and has uh, started a GoFundMe page to keep going. Yeah, for us, I used to go out and enjoy my once a day exercise at Victoria Park. I'm over in East London in Bethnal Green. And uh, last Thursday, they closed it. There oh no! Just oh. yeah, too many people over the weekend. You know, just hanging out like it was a summer's day, uh, and just yeah. really not respecting social distancing. Um, so they had park monitors kind of walking around, and you could see them in their little yellow vests. And yeah, by Thursday, then they they closed up all the gates to the park. So I'm still able to sort of run on the streets nearby. It's it's significantly quieter where we are. But again, yeah, I've been working from home since I went freelance last June, so I was kind of used to this. It's just the not having anywhere to go that feels quite yeah. strange. And I, um, you know, I'm starting this virtual book club on Thursday evenings and a friend in the States was like, oh, could you do that for us uh, when the book comes out in the States? Because it's not until the end of April there. And I was yes. like, yeah, but am I going to have to wake up in the middle of the night to do it? And she was like, do it on the weekends. No one has anything to do. And I was like, oh, that's a great plan. No one has anywhere to go. So at least this can be some sort of entertainment. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, what I've been struck by, especially on Twitter, is the way some breweries have leapt into that space and gone on sort of online sales like lost and grounded they've been so proactive and um that's what i've been so impressed by if you know and um some brewers have closed down i think wylam have stopped i'm not sure i did see some story by dave stone the other day um and i know adnams are just doing packaging brewing for packaging i think or something like that but um i have been really impressed the way some breweries have really just thought no i'm not going to let this business go you know, I really want to, this business I've built up, you know, me and my friends or my partner, whatever, built up, I really want to keep it going. So that has given me hope. But I, you know, I don't know. I don't know business. That's why I'm a bloody journalist. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know what, what will it will be like at the other side, who will, you know, come through and who won't, you know. Um, I just don't know. Um, and yeah. I, I do think the way that the uh, sort of changes were rolled out here in the UK was challenging for a lot of businesses, because again, it was that Monday, the 16th, where it was said, you know, we suggest that you avoid going to the pub. <laughs> and that then left, you know, quite a few days before it was actually mandated that pubs should close. So it left a lot of businesses not knowing what to do. Do we stay open? Are we risking our staff? Are we going to look bad because we're staying open? But can we follow social distancing? These sorts of things. So I think it probably gave a lot of businesses peace of mind whenever it was said, you must close now because then it yeah. wasn't their decision. Um, yeah. And then also, you know, with all shops must close unless they're essential, uh, you know, providing food and then finding out a few days later that off licenses can remain open as an essential business. So I think there's been a bit of back and forth for businesses not really knowing what to do or what they can do, but I think people are adapting quite quickly, which has been impressive to see. I think that's, I mean, it's an interesting, people always say that, you know, these kinds of crises, they reveal a lot about both the capacity of countries to manage the crisis, but also sort of the cultural quirks or cultural cultural touchstones like i would have thought of the two countries that probably would have left off licenses or, or beer shops open belgium would have been right there at the front of the queue well absolutely not quite the opposite everything was just like unless you're a supermarket or a pharmacy or a hairdresser's uh you're closed or a hairdresser <laughs> yeah a hairdressers so hairdressers were allowed uh one customer in at a time huh 
Yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> well, obviously, the hairdressing lobby is stronger than the beer lobby, which <laughs> which is counterintuitive. But uh, I, I think that only lasted about a week. I think hairdressers themselves were like, look, we can't be doing this. Uh, you need to close us down or you need to tell us to close down. Yeah. Which they did eventually. But you can buy beer, can't you? Um, you can buy it from you can buy it uh, if it gets delivered. And if you organize a prearranged pickup with a beer shop, but other than that, you can't go in and you can't go in anywhere now and what browse and be like, oh, I'll have... "Can you buy it in the supermarket?" You can buy it, in, of course, you can buy it in the supermarket. Oh, you've got yeah. a lot of left, then, have you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have, I have, I have four bottles of Leffa zero point zero in my fridge from Christmas, oh. and if things get really, really, really bad, they will be drunk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was, I went to, I mean, you know, when you do go, you feel. When you go to buy, I mean, I went to the supermarket on Friday to get food, yeah. basically to get food. And um, <clears throat> it's like, I'm wandering around with a bloody a scarf around my face, um, you know, <laughs> one of these Norwegian huggy, huggy scarves. Um, my wife had got hold and she handed it to me. And I'm sort of like, everyone's carefully social distancing, except, you know, there's the usual person on a corner of an aisle and they're standing there talking to someone else and think, shit, I've got to go past here, mate, or, you know. But, um, yeah, I'm going tomorrow to buy some beer. I mean, I do miss the pub. I really do miss the pub. Um, yeah, so it's not tell us about the beer. I mean, you've been writing about, mm. you've been writing about it this week. Now, um, people who are listening may not have had an opportunity to read it, um, the blog post, and we can get on to the, to the plugging of that at the end of the episode. But what is, it, what is it that you're most missing about the pub, Adrian? Um, I think it's the ease, the conviviality, the fact, you know, I have different pubs for different moods. Um, you know, I have a craft beer bar I go into where I'm, and, you know, I know a lot of people in there. So it's, you know, you go in Saturday afternoon and, you know, you, you, you take a book, but you never look at it because you're sitting there talking, you know, and checking the football and the rugby results and everything and Munster losing usually probably. You know, I thought I'd just get on in. Um, and then there's, there's also the nice quiet pubs where you can just sit there, contemplate, read a book, you know, and drink something. You know, not not anything. You know, you know, like an old. I had a pint of old peculiar recently, which was bloody lovely. Um, mm. So yeah, I'm just missing. Yeah, and the stories you overhear. I mean, I was writing about that today. You know, you. I just. It's a. It's a. It's a universe. You know, it's a universe for me. Um, I mean, I've been going in them since I was 15, and you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm quite extrovert. You know, I'm quite social, and so I quite happily talk to people. You know, I don't know and everything like that. And, have a chat and everything like that so um, yeah um this is sort of we're kind of working our way towards the end of the episode now um the last section of the podcast is usually when people can sound off on irritating things that they've noticed about our new world um things that they've weird habits or things that they've seen happen or seen coming across on social media or positive things that they've noticed either in their own lives and or otherwise um i'm gonna i'm gonna start because it's prerogative of the host (laughs) <laughs> and, and say that um, I was in the supermarket today and somebody was wearing latex gloves, which, you know, laudable, laudable point. But then he went and he scratched his, 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 uh, his forehead and then he put his hand what back down. What did he scratch? He scratched his forehead. Oh, right. Else. Yeah, no. So he touched his face, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he proceeded to put his hands back on the, the trolley, the supermarket trolley, and just continue on. And then he took out his, his bank card, which he held in his latex gloves. And then he proceeded to scratch his face with his card. And I just thought, <laughs> oh, honestly, now, I mean, talk about 
pointless protection. Who are you protecting? Because you're not protecting me. Um, and I was just, I was just obviously as a proper Irish person, I obviously didn't say anything. I just sat grumbling behind him in the queue, cursing <laughs> his name under my breath. But uh, <laughs> it's just, you know, if you're going to do it, do it, but do it properly. Yeah, God. There was a man handling chickens in the supermarket on Friday. It was like, you know, the chickens, and I wanted to get one. And he kept taking one out, looking at it, putting it back, looking at another one, putting it back. And it's like, I don't like dithering. And I was nearly going to say, make your bloody mind up, mate. And I didn't, thankfully. I didn't want to punch up in the supermarket. But it just, I thought, your hand, I haven't got a clue where it's been. And he didn't have your latex gloves on either. Not Mm. yours, obviously, but the ones, you know, the ones you mentioned. And it just, I thought, you're just touching all these different chickens and so I had to make sure I got one he hadn't touched. That annoyed me. I've I've got one. It's uh, less of a complaint, a slight celebration, and then just well, a funny good. story to end with. Um, but I, uh, in addition to my you know week of mourning of all my plans changing, I then had a bit of an existential crisis shortly after that. Um, before I came to beer, I was in a very different world and very relevant to the current situation. I have my master's in public health in infectious disease and vaccinology. Okay. So I finished that program at UC Berkeley in 2012 and then moved to New York and sort of that's, it was friends at that program that got me into beer. So my life kind of rerouted after I finished that. Um, but many of my friends from that program are still in the public health space and are very, you know, on important missions right now in the current outbreak. Um, so yeah, just a bit of a shout out to them. And then my funny story is that on our family <laughs> WhatsApp chat, my older brother has now branded my mom a meme machine. My mom literally oh, forwards no. on any meme that has been sent to her via WhatsApp and I'm getting four or five a day and it is just hilarious. <laughs> so I guess thinking about things to be grateful for, my parents are making me laugh with their use of technology. So that's <laughs> something I've been enjoying. Um, I will say, uh, yeah, I guess since I'm last, I'm going to go with positivity instead of complaint. Um, I have noticed, uh, that in, you know, during this time that we're living through, um, how much breweries have banded together again, sort of reminding me of early days of this, the craft brewing movement, so to speak, you know, um, there there's this notion that the community is super strong and that there are no assholes in craft brewing, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I don't know, I feel like maybe we drifted from that a bit. Um, And now during this crisis, I I keep seeing uh, examples of breweries uh, really going out of their way to help each other, you know, giving uh, a neighboring brewery a bunch of cans, or I saw, um, uh, Cloudwater over in the UK was selling another brewery's beer on their site because that brewery, you know, wasn't able to set up an online store. Um, and there, you know, I could go on and on, but I don't know, something like that is heartening to me and, and reminds me, you know, of why I like this industry so much. And this is a chance uh, for anybody who has anything to plug where they can find your books or your blogs or any of the work that you're working on at the moment. Um, all right, I'll go first. Um, the blog's called Malt Worms, I think, blogspot.com. I haven't got any recent books to 
to um, sell the uh, seven moods. The seven moods of craft beer is still available. And um, all right, I'll jump in. Uh, so my debut book has just come out. Uh, it came out in the UK on March nineteenth, and it will be out in the US on April twenty eighth. And it's called Beer: Taste the Evolution in Fifty Styles. And I have decided to bring back my little Instagram TV series that I'm doing, uh, which is called A Sip Of, and they're just little one-minute videos that explain different beer styles. Um, I had done it for quite a few months last year and decided to put it on pause uh, and switch to doing some longer YouTube videos, which will be coming out soon. Um, But I've decided to just keep connecting with people on Instagram. So follow me there at Beer With Nat for some fun short videos about different beer styles. Uh, I don't have anything personally to promote, um, but I will say I've been working um, the last couple of weeks on a project that will be, I think, of interest to anybody who's out there um, writing or broadcasting or photographing beer um, that will be um, hosted, I suppose, promoted by the North American Guild of Beer Writers. Um, a a project that we're putting together and plan to launch um, or at least announce uh, this week. So please um, keep an eye out for that, the North American Guild of Beer Writers, and we'll um, obviously be sharing news on our social media feeds as well. Great. I'll leave links to all of that in the show notes. Um, So we're just going to finish the show now. From me to you guys, thank you very much for coming on. Stay safe, take care of yourselves and your family. I hope everybody survives the next couple of weeks. Uh, I look forward to having you on the show again in the future, not too far into the future, because I hope at some point the purpose of this podcast will finish. But um, take care of yourselves, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks for inviting us. Thanks for having us. Many thanks. Cheers. And that's it for today's episode of Cabin Fever. Many thanks to our guests and to all you listeners out there. If you enjoyed today's show, do make sure to subscribe and we'd really appreciate it if you'd give us a review on whatever podcast platform you're using. Until the next time.